welcome to another episode of Block Talk presented by Theater the Now. I'm your host as always, Michael Block. Every day during the quarantine, I will be talking to someone, whether it be a friend, a family member, a peer, or a stranger. If you want to talk, I want to listen. But before we begin, follow me on Instagram and Venmo at MichaelBlockTalk on Twitter and visit theaterthenow.com for latest news, reviews, and interviews. For today's quarantine check-in, I am checking in with the super bee, Andy <laughs> Starling. How are you? Hi guys, how are you? Um, it's I, super I, bee. I I need to um, point something out, and the listeners can't see this, but Ooh. Andy Starling is growing a quarantine beard. Oh yes! Oh my gosh! And I. I will admit this. I came out of hiding today for a fish funeral. Yes. Rest um, in peace, Tippy. Tippy Fendrin. And um, I uh, I saw Pussy Willow and Aria Derchi and Sherry Poppins and Sissy Walken. But the minute Pussy Willow saw me with my beard, I think she was going to leave Aria. Wow. Like, you look so hot. Wow. So, this wow. is breaking news. And then I was like, should I come for a Hariola's gig? Hariola would be very threatened right now. I know. I, I've got a full-on ginger beard at the moment. Yeah, Hariola would probably be suing you if she saw this right now. Oh, God. Well, cease and desist. <laughs> yes. I mean, you should send her a photo and be like, watch out, bitch. Yeah, what now, bitch? <laughs> yeah. Um. So, so how has quarantine been treating you? Um... I think with everyone it's had it's like ups and downs people it's a big psychological game you know people uh saying I can do this I can do this and then trying to stay informed but not um engrossed in the news because that it's very um you know it's overwhelming it's very overwhelming yeah um it's uh So it's kind of been, you know, the days obviously are blending together and um, I've actually been on, um, I've been working from home since Monday, the Monday before St. Patrick's Day, Mm -hmm. the 16th, because because I had uh, been dealing with a sinus infection for several weeks. And so um, uh, my work at that time was like, People, if they wanted to work from home, they gave them that option. It was before they started to go to the different, you know, 50%, 75%, now 100% people. Right. So um, so it's definitely been um, interesting. But, and um, how have you been passing the time aside from work? Oh, um, I have been playing a... Um, I downloaded uh, the Wizard of Oz Magic Match game on my okay. phone. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, you know who is a top a top opponent on there is um Chandelier period. Yes, of course, Miss Shandy. Of course, another uh, avid Wizard of Oz fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh like if you log into Facebook then it shows you how well your friends are doing that also play the game. So sometimes if I'm like out of moves and it's telling me um for you know nine more coins you can keep playing, it'll say like don't fall behind Blair. That's a chandelier's, you know, human name. Uh, don't fall behind Blair's scores. Keep playing. But they do it just to pit you against people and, and spend this imaginary money because I look at Blair's points and they're 700,000 points ahead of me. That's like impossible to get right, to. Anyway, right. So that's, as you can see, I'm going slightly crazy and I've just been playing um, this... Uh, phone game <laughs> yeah that's fair i mean i um recently downloaded a uh phone bowling game where you know oh, just yeah. like swipe and it's just yeah. mindless swiping yeah oh definitely there's definitely been points where i've been playing the game <sighs> and i said i have been thinking about everything but this game yeah well yeah but it's just um you know i think it's good to have this like i think i there was one round like one game i was playing and i think i got seven strikes in a row Oh, congratulations. Thanks. And I was like, this is amazing. They give you turkeys or something and real bowling? Yeah, it's a turkey, but then it's like a four-bagger, then a five-bagger. And I was like, 
I, I feel like I should feel accomplished right now, but I want to do more. It's, yeah. it's 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 addictive. Um, it, it also gives me the stats and tells me how long I've been playing, and that's been the most um, um, sure. <laughs> terrifying thing. Yes, I um, no longer look at the statistics because I don't want to know that I've been playing for eight plus hours. Oh yeah, definitely. Yep. But yeah, it, it, this this quarantine has been um, something interesting. Um, I miss my friends, yeah. the ones that consider me a friend. I miss. Um, but yeah, this has been a wild, um, couple of weeks. It seems like it's not the end anytime soon. And Uh-oh. we're just going to have to find our way through it. Um, yeah. And I definitely, I will say, you know, like we can talk about being bored and uh, whatnot, but I, I will say I feel very fortunate, um, to have been given the op- opportunity to work from home and, um, and seeing, the the very um dire news reports um you know if if staying safe means being bored then i'm you know i'm on board very true very true well are you ready to discuss topic number one uh yes i am so your topic number one right yeah you you mentioned already but it's the wizard of oz yes it is yes god um what is your relationship to um this this series of books and movies and characters oh my gosh well i will say that i'm definitely i'm a fan um more from the the movie side of things Mm -hmm. like i have read the original book but i've I've not read the series i may have tried to read some of them when i was little but i i know you know the, the the oz it's very amusing to me because the oz fandom really i think um, spawns mostly from the movie, which is um, usually it's the other way where sure. people are obsessed with books and then the movies, but it's kind of in the reverse a lot. And then, you know, people just generally like all things Oz from that. But um, so I've been, I have been a fangirl since like age, really since I could, since I could remember four maybe. Um, and, uh, and it's always come, it's come back to me at various points in my life, but the, the, um, the the fandom is strong. Yeah, so let let's let's discuss the earliest memories of the Wizard of Oz. Did you have a pair of ruby slippers? No. Well, now I do. <laughs> when you are a full grown ass gay adult, you can make things happen for yourself that you were not allowed to have when you were a child. So I they're they're put up high on my shelf, but. I do have the very pair of um, ruby slippers that I was denied at age five. They're from the 50th anniversary because that happened in 1989. So, like, there was merchandise that trickled down mm-hmm. from, like, 991. And I remember being, I think we were in Toys R Us, and I saw this pair of ruby slippers, like, little slide-on plastic ruby slippers, and I was not allowed to get them. And um, so my gay ass... At thirty years old, got on eBay and uh, purchased them. You for found myself. them. Have them. I got them. Well, I got them. Um, where um, did you find them? Who was the seller? Who on eBay? Yeah. Uh, the seller? I don't know. Oh, I it just... wasn't some like fan collector who was just selling. Oh, I don't. I mean, this was like four four years oh, ago okay. or so. Now, when... um, I didn't want to know who I was getting them from. Now, may I ask? Are these slippers you can actually slip on or are they a little too small <laughs> um do you remember the video um uh kelly shoes yes shoes you know the part where she's in the store and she's like um i mean these run kind of small your foot is kind of big and they had a pair of like children's shoes next to her feet yeah it's fully that proportion oh, cool. very, very cool very cool <laughs> um, I mean, children but i wasn't allowed to have them when i was you know four or five so sure. now they just they are they are a symbol now of, um Mirik. when you were four or five was dorothy uh-huh. your character or did you have another um number one character oh i i think she was i mean she's always been i've always loved her i've i think i loved all of them i i'm trying to remember i did I think I I think a lot of children veered towards the scarecrow because Dorothy says that she'll miss him most of all. Mm-hmm. Like when someone 
says something like that, then you're like, oh, there's something special about that person. Um, but um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I was always, I think, a Dorothy, you know, a little, a little gay ingenue. Now, um, I wanted to back up for a second. Today, you were with who? I was with Pussy Willow, mm-hmm. Maria Derchi, yes, Jerry Poppins, and Sissy Walken. Mm-hmm. So that's four people plus you. That's five. And we stayed very far apart. Great! No, no, that's great. But we are going to play a little game. You okay. are going to live your casting director fantasy. Oh, am I going to cast people? You are casting the five of you as Dorothy, the Cowardly Lion, the uh-huh. Tin Man, Scarecrow. Uh-huh. And the Wicked Witch. Wicked Witch. Wait, how many people were there? There's Pussy. Uh, and I get to be involved in you this get, You are number five. So there are five characters, five people. Don't insult someone. Sherry, Pussy, Aria, Sissy, oh, and me. And then, oh, the, the four friends and the witch? Yep. Oh. Let's see. I'm very well, excited. I'm going to make myself Dorothy. Okay, you're Dorothy. Because uh, it's my play, and my parents are supplying the scenery and the props and the sets and the the costumes, so I get to be the lead. Um, let's see. So I would like to. Pussy Willow really seems like the cowardly lion to me. I'm okay. not sure why. That mane, that a purple hair that she wears. Pussy. So she's going to that. Pussy Willow is getting the Cowardly Lion. Mm-hmm. Um, hmm. I'm going to give... Oh, this is tough. Okay, I'm going to make... I'm going to make Sherry Poppins the Wicked Witch. Okay, because, that checks out. Because she is twitchy, and I think she would really appreciate that. Mm-hmm. And I think she would revel in, in menacing us. Um, I am going to, so that leaves Sissy Walken and Aria Derchi as the other, so I have to cast the Scarecrow and the Tin Man. Well, I'll give, I'll give Aria, uh, oh, this is hard. I w- I'm leaning to give Aria Derchi the Tin Man because she doesn't have a heart. True, true. But I also feel like she has the, um, she has the, um, like clown qualities that lends itself to the scarecrow, mm-hmm. you know, vaudevillian style. So we'll make we'll make Arya the scarecrow, and we'll make um, Sissy Walken the Tin Man. All right, that's I think I think that's a very cool um, idea. I love it, and there you go. There's your Halloween costume. Thank you so much. Um, yes, we'll say I played the Tin Man. At the um, defunct Land of Oz in North Carolina, have you heard of that? Right, I have heard of that. Talk about uh, the Land of Oz because it's it's quite infamous. It is. Yes, there's a lot of like um, those you know lists that go around the internet that's like, oh, this this abandoned park is so creepy, blah blah blah. But um, it was a uh, theme park in the 1970s. I think it was literally like 1970 to 1980, so 10 years, um, and it was. It's on the top of Beach Mountain, North Carolina, which is near Boone, Appalachian State. Um, mm-hmm. Beautiful part of the, the state. Really, really gorgeous. Um, and so they built this Land of Oz theme park. And it used to be more of like an actual amusement park with rides. And I think they had like a um, – there's like a skiing slope, – ski slopes up there. So I believe they had um, like the Wizards um, hot air balloon as like ski – Kind of like a chairlift sort of situation, stuff like that. But it went, um, it went under at, at the end of the seventies, and so it just lied dormant for several, I think, like two decades. And um, and but it still has like a yellow brick road built into the side of a mountain. Um, and then uh, I guess the family that owned it at some point in the early two thousands um, uh, started opening it up to the public again, and they did a, an event in the beginning of September, I believe, called Autumn at Oz, and so it would be open for a weekend um, where people, fans of the park or people that went there as children now came back as adults, and um, they had volunteers that would dress up. I, When I did it, um, my friend Sean Barrett, um, uh, who still works with them, was like kind of the events director in a way, so he would put together a New York cast of people to go down and do 
this autumn at Oz event. So one year, like 10 years, I think it was like 2011. Um, uh, he put me as the Tin Man and we went down and we learned basically the way the park is set up is you start in Kansas, you go through the house, you come out the other side as if there was the, the tornado and you come out the other side in um, Munchkin land and the whole park is set up chronologically to how the movie is, but you end up at the end is, uh, the Emerald city. So that's as far as you get basically. That's very cool. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, yeah, when we did it, it would be open for the weekend and then we brought, school children through and we did like a 45 minute condensed sort of site specific um production for them and so that was very fun and it was very rewarding and just the joy on children's faces because you know as far as they're concerned you're the real thing yeah of course and it looked very cool i mean like if you ever have a chance to go there i recommend it because it's really breathtaking to look at the scenery and just feel like you are in the movie now, do you have a favorite song from The Wizard of Oz? Oh, totally. Well, I mean, I think Over the Rainbow is just mm-hmm. a favorite song in the world, so I would have to say probably that. Um, if I had to choose something that wasn't Over the Rainbow, hmm, let's see. I do love Optimistic Voices. Okay. They're coming, you know, marching up to... Oh, and I love... Oh, I'm just going to say the whole score. <laughs> Uh, I love the Merry Old Land of Oz, the different sections, you know. Mm-hmm, of course. You even dye my eyes to match my gown. Uh-huh. Now, you are um, a big fan of The Wizard of Oz, and I'm a big fan of Disney. Do you uh-huh. have fond memories of the great movie ride? Oh, my God, Michael. I went to Disney World when I... This was when I lived in North Carolina, because I was born in Fort Bragg, North Carolina, so... We went down to Disney World in my dad's. We drove down. My dad had an F-150 truck Uh with a a covered uh, bed or whatever. And we drove down. I think it took two days um, to Florida, Orlando. I I have distinct. Oh, and we had a camper. So this is when they, I don't know if they still do it. They, it was in Adventureland, maybe they had like, where you could rent campsites. And you um, bring- Fort Wilderness. Fort Wilderness. So we stayed in mm-hmm. Fort Wilderness. Mm-hmm. We brought our pop-up trailer, camper or whatever, that was, I guess, hitched to my dad's truck. And um, I have distinct memories of that too early before our reservation. And so we had to sleep in the parking lot of a Denny's <laughs> in the back of my dad's truck for, like, the night or whatever. I, I have, like, it's tattooed in my brain of um, my mom's little, like, portable alarm clock, like, wind-up alarm clock or whatever, sitting on, like, his toolbox. Um, and we were so excited. Anyway, so you asked me about the great movie, right? So we spent a week at Disney. But I remember going on, if anybody doesn't know, they used to have this um, attraction called the Great Movie Ride, and they have they had a um, replica of the Chinese Grauman Theater. Or, um, and... They had a pair of ruby slippers in the um, in the uh, like oh, line yeah. to get. They had something from Mary Poppins too. I remember what they was had it? Uh, the carousel, it's the carousel horse. Um, and then I, so the ride was um, animatronics of different scenes from classic Hollywood movies. There was like a Casablanca scene. There was a Mary Poppins scene. What else? There was Alien. Mm-hmm. And I remember distinctly rounding the corner they had uh, a projection playing uh sorcerer's apprentice with mickey making the water splash and everything and you rounded the corner and then all of a sudden you were in munchkin land and my little five-year-old ass was literally shit all over that little uh trolley car i could not believe it it was the most amazing magical thing i'd ever seen um and it's a lasting memory. It's a lasting fond memory. Um, so you go in. You can actually. People used to record. Oh, the it's, oh it's on the YouTube. YouTube and watch it because it's gone now. But um, so they would have one of the best parts about the ride is the people that would operate the trolleys, like your cart, would like <laughs> act and interact mm-hmm. with the uh, with the animatronics. So they had scripts that they had to. So I remember there was like a gangster scene too, where they had to. I think it was like a um, James Cagney scene or something yeah. where they would talk 
to the gangsters. But um, so when you get to Oz or the Munchkin Land, the animatronic Wicked Witch would pop up and, and do the full-on scene of like, who killed my sister? Who killed the Witch of the East? Was it you? And um, and then uh, the uh, <laughs> Disney ride attendant, whatever, would have to be like, oh no, it was an accident. And they do the whole scene. It was great. Wonderfully camp. Did you camp. ever think that the animatronic witch was real? Oh, I thought they were all real. Um, <laughs> oh my gosh, when I went on the um, the uh, Snow White ride, that I fucking screamed when yeah. she turned around and she. Do you remember that part? Where oh, like there the, there is a reason why it's called Snow White's Scary Adventure. Yeah, yeah, I screamed. It's terrifying. At that. I cried. I fully cried on, which is now one of my favorite rides, the Haunted Mansion, mm-hmm. um, because my parents, my parents told me that we were going to eat lunch, oh. and so they're, they did not tell me it was a haunted house ride. So I thought we were going to eat, and um, there's all these like you know park attendants dressed as like maids and stuff, and then you go in that room where all the pictures change, and I just started screaming bloody murder. <laughs> Um, they took me on the ride. There was at one point in the ride, I think, um, which I don't think they have it anymore, but there were like spiders in the ride. Okay. And I screamed at that cause I do not care for spiders. And, um, and then my mom, you know, when they're at the end, um, when you're at the end of the ride and there's like the hitchhiking ghosts, mm-hmm. my mom was like, Oh, there's a witch on you. And I was like, get off me, get off me. Um, so yeah, I, um, thought everything was very real when we went to, to Disney World. And then at the end of the ride, I really wanted one of those, um, hats that were, uh, like Donald or Goofy and like the bills were their mouths. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. And I asked my parents for that. And my dad was like, we'll get you it if you go on the ride again for the haunted mansion. <laughs> I'm like, no. Wow. And other does not play. That. Now, to round out our Wizard of Oz portion of um, our quarantine check-in, um, I'm not sure if you're familiar, but there were um, two musicals inspired by um, The Wizard of Oz. One was called uh, The Wiz, uh, uh-huh. and the other is called Wicked. Are you familiar with their work? Uh, yes, I, um, I've heard two of them. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have any strong opinions on either um, of those musicals? Oh, I mean, I think they're great. Anything, I'm all for anything more Oz. Um, I love Wiz. Um, I love the song Home. I of think course, it's so- naturally. Naturally. Um, has some special meaning to me. I think about a certain moment in my life when that song has meaning, um, uh, which actually ties into Marie's Crisis. But um, uh, no, I think they're both great. Um, we did a production of The Wiz in my high school. Um, oh, scandalous funny story is um the girl that played dorothy her name is danielle williamson mm-hmm. and she went be an alphaba uh, i think in chicago and then maybe on broadway look at that that's cool um yeah she's fierce um yeah we did the whiz in my high school and the oh wicked i remember wicked when it came out i was a senior in high school mm-hmm. when the cast album dropped and i went to borders the day it came out and i uh, bought it. it was in december and I wrote my um, college um, entrance, pa- like, you know, papers to the cast album over a holiday break. That's amazing. Now, I'm someone who loves origin stories. Like, there's something about an origin story that, like, really, like, warms my heart. I love being able to, like, connect the dots and the clues and be like, oh, my God, that happened, blah, blah, blah. When you saw Wicked for the first time, did you geek out when those little things happened? Girl, I've never seen Wicked what thank you so much have a good night breaking news andy starling has never seen wicked and i don't know yeah okay i (laughs) that is my new mission to get you to go see wicked the musical you know i honestly my birthday is coming up next month and i honestly was gonna treat myself to go see it so hopefully when this is all over i'm gonna go i don't know why i've never i guess it's just andy starling when did, yes. when, when did Wicked the Musical come out? 2003. How long have you been in New York? 10 years. How did you miss it? I I don't know. I um I don't know. I guess it was just one of those things that well, there are certain parts of the musical that have been spoiled for me. And um, Well, it's been around for as long as it has. Of course it's going to be spoiled for you. 
uh, I know the music very well. And so I guess in a certain way, I always felt like I kind of had seen it. Oh <laughs> you know how God. sometimes you you fill in, you're like, oh, yeah, I saw that one. Um, but, um, yeah, I don't know. I guess I need to go see it. This is breaking news. This is wild. <laughs> Finally, something else we can talk about. Oh, wow. I, okay, well, this was a great segment for the Wizard of Oz portion. Um, wow. <laughs> Wow, this is I'm I'm speechless. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It, no, everyone. nothing wrong with it. It was just it like if you told me that you never saw um High Fidelity the musical, I'd be like, "Okay, that's fine. It's cool. Whatever." I saw it twice, but it's cool. Five times. Yeah. <laughs> no, but, I never saw but, but, it. But, but, but the the Wicked is is what? Have you not the- seen the Phantom of the Opera either? Uh, I hear it's great. Oh my god. I've never seen it. There's and a lot you of- call yourself a Broadway queen. Well, okay, no. Um, I think it's maybe because we take things for granted, and maybe that's what this is teaching us, is that um, I think we expect certain things to be there forever, and when we, you know what I'm saying? And, well, uh, they did say cats now and forever, and look what happened that, to that. All advertising. Exactly. Well, um, we're going to move on to topic number two. All right. Um, your topic number two is a little um, show called The Drag Race. Mm-hmm. What... I suppose I can never it. <laughs> I know, right? I would just walk out right now. Um, <laughs> what inspired you to pick that as your second topic? Because it's been, it's been one of the things, it's been like a, a highlight of being quarantined is that this piece of gay culture that was filmed, you know, eight months ago is... Um, giving us a distraction during yeah, this time. very much so. And it's something that um, we can look forward to. It's one of the few things I think we can look forward to at the moment in terms of, like, um, because it's being aired in real time, basically. Um, and uh, I don't know. It's stuff like that that I feel is important for us to maintain some sort of sanity is to have um, a bit of frivolity to... Uh, to take our minds off of things. Absolutely. So I'm assuming you're keeping up with this current season, season 12. Yeah. Are you enjoying it? Yes, I am. I'm enjoying it. You know, I think it's a really, it's a shame that it's um, kind of clouded by so many dark, um, you know, dark situations. It's like very, it's really trying to, uh, I feel like, um, find its way out of all of this kind of, you know, upset yeah do you have a favorite cast member from this current season oh let's see well you know i love my good my good gal jackie cox Mm -hmm. um i think she's really great on the show and i'm so it's one of my um you know i I was actually saw her right before all this shit went down in the world um but i saw her she was guest judging at um therapy for that uh that competition they were doing on tuesday and I, it was so nice to see her. And I just said, I said, you know, I, 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 it's kind of weird to say because I have nothing to do with like your, you know, success, obviously. But like to say you're proud of someone, but just seeing her on Drag Race, like I'm so proud to know her. Yeah, and, absolutely. Um, so I'm so proud of um, how the fan base is really taking to her, and um, uh, because I think that's one of the scariest things about people going on the show is you just don't know how they're going to be perceived and received. Oh, absolutely. um, Yeah. I mean, I I found myself very much a uh, Jackie defender this season. Like if anyone has just an inkling of something mean to say, I'm like, no, she is perfect. She's beautiful. I love her. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, watching Jackie has been really, really cool because it's one of those situations where it's like, you know, her, you have a relationship with her and then you're watching her, form these new relationships with not only the people on the show, but with the fans uh-huh. and and the community. And you're like, but, but she's mine. You can't have her too. <laughs> so it's really well, fun I, to watch that. I, <laughs> and, and, and now she's selling her glasses and everyone's going to look like Jackie Cox. And that's going to look really weird. Um, Love it. did you buy a pair of Jackie glasses? I have not. I guess I should get on that. They're almost all sold out. I think pink is the only color really? you can get. Which color? The pink ones. 
pink ones are cute. I think they're all cute colors. I, yeah. I messaged her the other day on um because she was like talking about her um cameos that she's doing. And I was like, I'm gonna I'm gonna buy a cameo from you and you have to refer to me as Brenta. Oh funny. Because that's what oh. me for the last two years. <laughs> yeah, it's it, it's really, it's really cool because Jackie also from um an iconic standpoint, she judged all three seasons, so it's it's really nice to have someone um, an extension of the iconic family on the drag race now. Um, yeah, it's been it's been really cool to see her. Um, do you have any predictions on who may win the season? Oh, jeez. Um, well, I, uh, I I I want to say I hope that Jackie has a good shot. Um, I also really am enjoying. The work of Miss Good, Gigi yes, Good. I love Gigi Good uh, as well. Great. I uh, think she's really fun. Who else? Um, I would say that they're. Oh, and um, I mean, I, I a, a lot can be said about Miss uh, Jada Essence Hall. Yes, she's very talented, very beautiful. Yeah. So I think I think there there's a good top three right there. Yeah. Do you have an all-time favorite RuPaul's Drag Race contestant? Oh my! Well, I am a Raja like super fan. Oh, interesting. But though, I just—I mean, I just think you love fashion, cool. huh? You love fashion. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think I definitely—I um, love the visual aspect of the show mm-hmm. because I've, mm-hmm. I'm someone that grew up watching um, Project Runway from the beginning. Sure. So sure. it's always like the runway aspect of like seeing what people create. And back in the day, obviously too, it was more about like the kind of queen, like what the queen put together as opposed to like what designers put together for them. Right. But, um, but um, I just like, I take so much, just like it, her outlook on everything I feel is so inspirational and, um, and so she's someone that I've always just looked up to. Do you have a least favorite RuPaul's Drag Race contestant? Oh my gosh. Um, least favorite? Mm. Uh, I don't know. I want to plead the fifth. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. Um, how about if anyone you know could be on season 13, who would your mm-hmm. pick be? Oh, the first person that just popped in my head was Gilda Wabbit. Gilda Wabbit, yes, of Kentucky fame. Yeah, just that was like what popped in, so I guess we'll go with that. Gilda, Gilda, Gilda. We Um, love Gilda. Did you watch the uh, RuPaul's Drag Race UK season? I did. We did a a answer. Oh, oh, sorry. Um, Yes, I absolutely did. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Um, (laughs) Do you have a favorite from that franchise? Oh gosh, um, they were all very good, aren't weren't they? I loved that. Um, who's my favorite from there? What Davina really grew on me. I gotta say that. <sighs> I um, I've come to terms that Davina DeCampo may actually be my favorite RuPaul's Drag Race contestant of all time. I was with um, Davina DeCampo may actually be Jackie Cox in disguise. Think about it. Okay. Think. I... <laughs> Okay, then I would like to hear Jackie Cox sing Poor Wandering One. Right. Oh, my gosh. Yes. I watched that recently on, oh, you know, so how Instagram pushes those algorithms. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I really enjoyed her. I mean, I thought the top three was really strong. It was a very, was very good top three. With uh, what the Vivian brought to the table. I just loved, I loved their um, sense of... I loved how different their their sense of performance was overall. Yeah, I loved that it was very theater based, character based, um, and it just seemed like people didn't take themselves as seriously, which was very cool. No, because they have a similar yet different perspective on the art of drag, where right. we now, I mean, it very much is a fashion um, uh, formative ideals in the world of drag especially in the lens of drag race right now and i do think Mm -hmm. that um the vivian was the winner because of that those of the americanized ideals of drag if you want the most british drag queen to have won it should have been davina DeCampo. yeah but she didn't because i think at the end of the day when it's the bbc um producing the show and it's through world of wonder and you can't give out a cash prize and your only prize is a 
web series. Well, <laughs> as much as I love Davina, I don't think Davina is going to give you the content that WoW Presents Plus wanted that the Vivian would have done. So I think uh, at the end of the day, the wrong person won in um, the world's eyes, but in mm-hmm. what the a product, the Vivian was the rightful winner. Yeah, And that's what's but, really exciting, is to see Davina being like, fuck it all, I'm doing my own thing. But then, um, if they do an All-Stars, that means we just get more Davina. It, that is very true. I would love to see um, a US versus UK All-Star season. Um, uh, that would be, would that be a really fun little series to see, like, Davina versus, like, I don't know, um... <laughs> Nina West, like put the two of them together, like that is like I would like to just see them together in a screen and see what would happen, but and then put like bag of chips, um and Cheryl Hole, um against um I don't know um Brooklyn Heights, like what would that look like? I think it would be a really really cool um TV special. I hope that is what All Star Six ends up being. I don't know because everything is in flux right now. Because my prediction was. That, um, right. What? I was like, I'll start. I got confused, yeah. but now I see what you're saying because All Stars 5 yeah. is already coming. Because they had done, um, the big old switcheroo where All Stars 5 was going to air first, then it was going to be, um, season 12. Well, they swapped those because whatever reasons, but I'm convinced it was because they needed a little more, um, time and content for a potential All Star 6. And my prediction was that they were filming. Drag Race UK 2 in hopes of having one or two people to put on this all-star season. Well, I'm not sure if you heard, but um, all uh, Drag Race UK 2 is on infinite hiatus because they were filming and they had to cut it because of quarantine. Um, like, they were in the middle of filming. People went home, and now they don't even know if they're going to be able to redo that season. And it's heartbreaking because UK was such a good season. But we shall see. We shall see what happens in a couple weeks. Hopefully the BBC knows that this is their cash cow at them in the moment. And they should bring it back and let us have our season two. Uh, Yeah, I hope. I mean, gosh. I hope, um, obviously, things are going to be different for a while. But I really do hope we're able to get back some sense of normalcy. I do too. Well, let's move on to topic number three. Um, and you have picked Marie's Crisis. Yes. So talk about um, why Marie's Crisis is important to you. Well, um, it's very much on my mind lately. Um, Marie's Crisis, if, if for anyone doesn't know, um, it's a uh, bar in the West Village that's... Uh, it's a piano bar, and it is an all-sing-along, all-show-tunes piano bar. Um, it's been that way. The bar has existed for about 100 years, but it, it's been in this current format for about 40 years. Um, and uh, it's one of the happiest places on Earth, but you know, sometimes one of the saddest places, too. I do want to start out by saying that um, it has been on my mind a lot because... Uh, just on Monday night, uh, there, a staff member has passed away. Mark Castelli, who's a singing waiter at Marie's Crisis, mm-hmm. um, passed away on Monday. And uh, most of the community is learning about it as of last night and today. Um, and he is one of the... Um, he was one of the my earliest links to the bar because um, when I first started going there about 10 years ago... Um, I was a regular on Tuesday nights, and um, t- and still the same piano player Tuesday nights. Franca Vercelloni plays um, after nine on Tuesdays, and uh, Mark was her singing waiter. And um, so he had always just, you know, been... He's uh, one of the people that I think would symbolize Marie's crisis and um, for me, and he always... He either asked... <laughs> I was saying to my friend earlier, um, he either said two, one of two things to me, you again, or where you been? Mm-hmm. Um, or I had been going too much, or I had not been going enough. But um, um, but uh, so going back to describing Marie's, um, it's definitely a lot of people. I think would describe it as their cheers. Mm-hmm. It's their that home home that's always you can go in there whenever you are um, in a uh, you know in a a place, um, and it is usually helpful. 
if not pulling you out of it, at least helping you lick your wounds. <laughs> um, and uh, there is a, a huge family there, um, uh, a big community of nightlife that um, has helped me certainly through a lot of, of uh, think places I've got myself into. Um, and uh, it is very sad to me lately because what Marie's really stands for is it being in the moment and live music yeah. and not your phone being in the same room with other people. And um, it's kind of heartbreaking that that's all of the things that are taken away from us at the moment. So, um, uh, but a lot of the staff has been very resourceful and they've opened up there. There, there was a, um, like a private members kind of like regulars Facebook page. And now they've made it public for people to, um, go to because they've been live streaming their piano shifts. So like for tonight, Kenny Green would be playing at Maurice tonight. And so he's been live streaming his piano ship from his home. And if anybody wants to tip them, they leave their Venmo or PayPal info. Um, so they are keeping, you know, it alive, but it is, it is, um, you know, a bummer because that place really, the magic is being there in the moment. But right. Anyway. Yeah. I mean, I, I've gone a couple times. Um, I think one time yeah. I saw you there. Um, I think some of my memories was the very first time I ever met Boudoir Lafleur out of drag was at Marie's and Boudoir came up to me and said, hello. I was like, do I know you? And then I heard the voice. I was like, Oh, I know who you are. Yeah. That's where I know Boudoir from. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, Oh yeah. We go way back. Uh, Marie's regulars have many, uh, many drunken conversations in the, the mezzanine section where she would uh, one of my earliest memories is her ranting and raving at Sutton Foster being cast as Reno Sweeney. Whoa, <laughs> going back. Uh, boudoir's, uh, in Boudoir's words, uh, Reno Sweeney is not a showgirl. She's abroad. And okay, that's fair, that's fair, that's fair, that's fair. I was not was a fan of um, Sutton Foster in that role either. And guess what? I didn't get to see her because I got an understudy. It was the happiest day of my life. Oh, I saw her. I actually met her backstage. It was lovely. Yeah. Um, my friend Nick, Nikki Clark, who I also introduced to Marie's Crisis like ten years ago, and I um I guess I got her hooked, and then she like moved away to Georgia. Anyway, um, she at the time that uh, anything goes was on the Broadway. She I guess bid on tickets that were um like it came with a meet and greet or something it was like an online charity auction or something and she was like well i'm gonna spend this money anyway so i might as well meet sudden foster yeah there you so, go um, she, and we saw it we saw it like mid you know orchestra center or whatever and then um went backstage to sutton's um dressing room after and we got to meet her and she was so sweet she was really so kind and i have a picture from that time Aww. now have you had any celebrity Another? encounters at marie's crisis Oh gosh, um, yeah. Uh, I I sat next, to, which is funny enough. We, they were playing Anything Goes, and I sat next to Parker Posey. Uh -huh. um, um, and you, um, you um, yes, yes, you are a big fan of Miss Parker Posey and her um, uh, body of work. Her work, yes. Um, and uh, when they were singing Anything Goes, I remember she didn't know any of the words, and she would just gesture to me because I knew all the like verses in between like anything goes. And then I think she would sing along to that, but she kind of just like, when it's like, if uh, the world has gone mad today, she would just like do this with her hands to me. Um, that sounds so very that was, Parker Posey. Um, who else? I was at, I remember being there at like one, you know, a lot of times I don't, I don't tend to like bother people if I don't know them. So I don't go up and say like, Oh, I'm so, I, I just like, I'm like, Oh, this person is in the room with me. Um, so like one night there was um it was like one AM and Paul Rudd walked down the stairs and I was about to leave with my friend Bridget because we used to um like share an Uber back to Long Island City Astoria or whatever. And um we both looked at each other and we were like, We stay. Yeah. Um for no reason just to be in, Did he sing? in a room with Paul Rudd. I don't think so. I mean he was obviously again another per everyone's really nice, like but um they're just, you know, minding their own business and um, I wish I was there one time. There's a couple times that Liza's come. Liza? Liza. Did she there. sing? Um, I think she sang Cabaret once. Um, wow. Or played it for her or something, but I wasn't there. I mean, I know I've been the Alan Cumming, obviously, but um, he's, you know, everybody 
sees him all over because of club coming and whatnot. That's true. So, um, he's, he's showed up there and did, so. But, did you um, do you have any requests when you go to Marie's Crisis? Do you like? Do you have your go-to songs that you want to sing? Well, I always say things that um, I know will fuck with the piano player because they don't want to play them. <laughs> um, like I'll say "Legally Blonde." Um, but I love Legally Blonde, and I know every word. Oh my God, you guys! Um, so I'm I can sure do it you as heard a heard about Miss Laura Bell Bundy. What's that? You heard about Miss Laura Bell Bundy today? Wait, what happened? Uh, she has coronavirus. No. Yeah. Ugh. Well, I, I hope she. Um... Got to keep it positive. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. anyway. Uh, what else would you blonde. request? Legally Blonde. Uh, wild Party, of course. Uh, which Smash, one? I wait, love. wait, 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 wait. Which Wild Party? Oh, um, I mean, everybody knows the Lippo one, so I'll request that. Or sometimes I, I've had, like, my friend Kenny will play Welcome to My Party for me. But it's really hard to sing. I mean, it's like one of those songs that's, like, kind of... It is hard to sing, but it's also, like hard to sing when nobody is familiar with what you're singing so it's sure. kind of like like a room full of you know people that want to hear like chicago or fan of the opera and stuff don't really care to hear like lacusa <laughs> sure that's fair you know um but i sing it anyway uh, i really like that i love the fantastics all whenever it's like a quiet room i'll try I'll to remember it's i think it's such a beautiful show and that score to me is just so gorgeous the dueling pianos and the harp it's just so pretty. Are there any songs that the piano players hate playing? Um probably it's probably different for everyone. Um I mean I I think they probably are tired of playing the the same, you know, there's like several shows that are, are just like must because it's mm-hmm. well known. Oh, I think a lot of them oh, across the board, sorry Audrey Phoenix, but I think a lot of them are tired of Little Shop. That's because fair. They have to play Suddenly Seymour every shift. Yeah. Do you uh, think if I went in and asked for the Joseph Megamix, they would play that? Probably. Okay, okay. I'm sure they would. I, I can see any of one of them cackling and, like, maybe for a few bucks in their bowl, too, they would like that. Or the but, Starlight uh, Express Megamix? Oh, sure. Yeah. I mean, a lot of the. As long as there's, like, a. You know, um, you have a good sense of humor about it. Most people are pretty happy to to do whatever. But I know it's like it, I I have so much admiration for all the piano players there because they really have to keep a room engaged, you know, um, right for several hours, and uh, and they have to they have to like read the room hard. Unless they at the moment they're like, oh, it's a fine, like I'll play whatever. But like for the most part, they really have to like keep the room engaged and. Uh, and the crowd interested. That's very valid. The, the regulars, they're what? The regulars, the regulars um, are happy to be there, but they gotta, they gotta make that money, honey. What is the most long-lasting relationship you've made from Marie's Crisis? Oh, from Marie's Crisis? Oh my gosh, long-lasting. I mean, I have so many people I know from there that I've known now for at least a decade. Um. Um, what if I was like, I met my husband there? <laughs> maybe you never know. Uh, still time. Maybe. Oh, you know, it's really hard to meet people there these days. I used to go home with a lot of people from there. <laughs> oh. Um, but um, it's really it's like the more kind of like watered down it had become, the um harder it was to like you kind of start to just cling to the people you know and like don't need a lot of people outside of that. I'm trying to. Think. I mean, I. I, I don't know. There's just so many. They, I've made a lot of friends. I, um, I would say that the majority of people that I've met there um, have been really good. And this is not meant um, like pejoratively, but they've been really good bar friends. Mm-hmm. So it's like there are mm-hmm. people that I that and they would come, they would come to my aid if I. But um, but most of my relationships from there are contained to that bar. If that makes sense. That's fair. Um, so it's like a nice little treasure chest of community, but um, I wouldn't say that I, I don't know. That's valid. That's all. Well, so for those listening along, you were um, nominated to do a quarantine check-in by Miss Amanda Pork. 
uh-huh. uh, which means Amanda does not owe me five dollars. Now yeah. it is your turn to nominate someone before you owe me five dollars. So who would you like to nominate to do a quarantine check-in? Vicious game. I have to. Now I have to owe you something if they don't do it. Yep. So pick wisely. Um, has Pussy Willow done it yet? Yes, she has. Yes, she has. Scenario did one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sissy Walken. She is not. Okay, I nominate Sister Walken. All right, Sissy Walken. She has been nominated by Andy Sterling. That's right. Yes. Um, my final question for you: What are mm-hmm. your hopes and goals for when this is all over? Oh gosh, <laughs> my personal here for the world. However, you want to answer it. Um, my hopes and goals. My hope is that we. Uh, My hope uh, is that this is over. Um, My hope is that we get to a place where it's manageable and that we see um, a lot of people recovering from it. And um, and I I just hope that uh, people, I I mean, I I think human nature is one that, you know, when it's when it's bad, everyone can remember, like really cherish what's important. But I do hope that when hopefully gets better that people do remember these days and remember to cherish life and cherish um, friendships, cherish real life interaction. Mm-hmm. I hope we get to where people are able to hug one another again and embrace and sing together and tip a drag queen with cash money. Um, so those are my, my simple hopes. You know? Yeah. Very simple. Where can mm-hmm. the listeners find you on social media and Venmo? <laughs> um, on Instagram, I'm at the Andy Starling. Um, Andy spelled like Andy Warhol. Starling spelled like Starling with S T A R. Anyway, um, and <laughs> Andy the Andy Starling. And um, on Venmo, I'm at Tip Andy T I P A N D Y. There you go. Well, Andy, it was a pleasure catching up. Nice to catch up with you too, Michael. Oh, I hope everything's good over there. We're hanging in. Be safe. Thank you, and I'll talk to you soon. All right, talk to you soon, babe. Bye. A huge thanks to Andy for chatting. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or Stitcher, and leave us a review while you're there. Make sure you engage with me and tell me your favorite quarantine check-in has been so far. If you have any questions or comments, drop me a line at theaterthenow.com via our question link. Until next time, I'm Michael Block, and that was Block Talk. Mm